0: the seed, the power of the seed. It says in Luke 8, 4, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, to Jesus, there came to him, Jesus, he, Jesus, spake by a caravan. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was crowded down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit a hundredfold. Mark and Matthew said that it brought forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. So these are different sized harvests, different sized crops. And when he had said these things, he cried. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now he didn't just say this casually. The Bible says he cried out. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He emphasized the importance of hearing. Yeah. Just because you have ears doesn't mean you're hearing. Just because you're listening doesn't mean you're hearing. And so he stressed that we had ears to hear, so that we might hear And then his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? In other words, we don't understand it, Lord. Explain it to us. And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The other translations say, the secrets of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven. But the others in parables that seeing, they might not see; and hearing, they might not understand. So you could have eyes and not see as well. You can even be seeing and not see. And then Jesus explained that he said, "Now the parable is this: the seed is the word of God. Those Go by the wayside are they that hear? Then comes the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts." lest they should believe and be saved. So a person's heart is the ground or the soil that the word falls on. Verse 13, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive. for truth. And they let themselves get overwhelmed by the worries and the problems and the stresses that the world brings to them. And they bring up for fruit for them. The source of their satisfaction comes from external things, fleshly things. Things like riches and fleshly pleasures and good times with the old crowd getting above and so on and just living it up. That's where their satisfaction comes from. It doesn't come from the word. And then finally, praise the Lord for the good soul. These are people that hear the word and do what it says. As Jesus said, keep the word, they do what it says, and as a result, they grow and expand, enhance, and spread out the kingdom of God.
1: Amen.
0: And so when Jesus speaks of a huge harvest, 30, 60, or a hundred times what was sown, he's not just talking about the seeds that he planted. The seeds he planted have produced a harvest of souls, many, many, countless countless billions of born again Christians over the last 2,000 years. And this is the power of the seed. And this is what I want to talk about today. The power of the seed. You know, a a city was planted some two thousand years ago, and as a result, we have uh, over two billion active, live Christians in the world today. But countless billions that went on before us. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, just one city produced that Mm harvest. That's a big harvest. It's not nearly big enough for the Lord. He wants more. The Bible says that the Lord waited for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for
1: it.
0: He wants every soul that he can possibly save, he wants it saved before he returns. And so we have work to do. Anybody that preaches the word or witnesses to Jesus or tells somebody about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, they are sower. You're a sower. I'm a sower. It's not just a five-fold ministry. It's not just a preacher. Everyone should be a sower. Everybody should have a seed sack. He said the sower went out the sower. Yes. And he's sowing the word of the kingdom, yes. the gospel. Yes. Amen. Amen. He's only responsible for sowing. He's not responsible of what the seed lands on and, you know, I said Wednesday or last Sunday that, you know, modern-day machinery farmers can plant perfect rows
1: yes.
0: on furrows. Yes. And they can lay the seed down right in that furrow. Well the farmers we're talking about in the Bible, they made the furrows, but when they sowed the seed, it's it, it just scattered. They scattered it all over. And praise the Lord for the seed that got into the furrow. But some of them went to the different places, the wayside, the rocky path, and things of that nature. But at least they had a harvest coming. Amen. You don't go out in the field look for a harvest if you never planted anything. And this seed principle works throughout the kingdom of God. This is a kingdom parable. And there's many like it where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like unto. And then he tells you. And usually it's a parable about a seed. And that's the way the kingdom of God operates. If you're born again and you're in the kingdom of God, you will operate through seed, time, and harvest. That's the principle of the kingdom. Everybody. Amen. Uh, you know, you want an oak tree, God says, here's an acorn. You don't just get the oak tree. He gives you a seed to sow. God, I need a financial harvest. God says, here, sow some seed." And so you give, and you know, my son, Mike said this years ago, it was profound. Then it's still profound. He said that whenever he got in a financial jam, he gave his way out of it. Well, that don't just compete with the world because you don't get more by giving. What well, you do in God's kingdom. And the Bible says every seed after its own time. You plant an apple tree, or an apple seed, you don't get a pear tree. You get an apple seed. Yes. And it's the same thing uh, with money. If you need money, you plant some money. Amen. Sow a seed of money.
1: Yes.
0: You need some love, love somebody.
1: Amen. Sow a
0: seed of love. You need compassion, you keep compassion at first. Yes. Sow a seed of compassion. That's the way the kingdom of God works. And then, when a the time comes when you need some compassion, you need some love, you'll have a harvest waiting for you. That's right. Amen. People wonder why? Why did this happen to me? Why did that happen to me? Why? Maybe because we never planted a hundred planted the seed for a heart. Amen. Amen. Now, unfortunately, this principle works with bad seed as well, so we have to be careful we don't plant bad seed. Just plant good seed because you want a good crop because it's coming back to you. Amen. That's not karma, that's sowing and reaping. That's, right. that's according to the word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But this is what I want to talk about this morning, the power, power of the seed. And we're going to look at it through the parable of the sower according to the, the gospel. And then I'm going to look also at a portion of it in Matthew. And it's also in Mark the 4th chapter, Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. All three of the Gospel writers, the Synoptic Gospel writers, John didn't write about it. John didn't, uh, as far as I know, maybe he might have told one parable, where these other ones have told as many as 70 parables that Jesus told. So We're looking at Luke and Matthew this morning, but the parables of Jesus make up a crucial part of the Bible. Uh, Jesus presents us with these profound spiritual truths that we have no way of understanding unless he illustrates them to us in natural things that we can understand, like a story about farmers or a story about fishermen or something like that. And, and a, a parable is also uh, the common subject uh, of a parable. It's, it's a, uh, the definition is that it's something set alongside of something else for comparison. And so that's what we're doing. We're setting a natural truth alongside of a spiritual truth for comparison. Yeah. But when Jesus is done, we understand what he was saying and how he was trying to convey it to us spiritually. Because if he just told us the spiritual aspect of it, we'd be scratching our heads wondering what he said. But if he tells us a story about a farmer... And we can relate to that and start telling us the spiritual truth and we can understand it better. And that's exactly what he's doing here. So uh, the parable known as the parable of the soul is also sometimes referred to as the parable of the four soils, or the parable of the seed, depending on what translation you look at, but they're all the same. And it was told to illustrate the different reactions that people have to the word of god or the gospel message all four of those soils that the seed landed on were actually the hearts of people and how they reacted to the word everybody reacts differently to the word they're hearing so it's one of the few parables that the lord actually interprets for it thank god for that uh, i think one of the reasons he did is because this is the very first parable that he ever told and so he interpreted for it to further illustrate the spiritual truth so that it would help us to understand the parables that he was gonna tell afterwards. So it's a sample, it's, a, it's a, the uh, prototype if you will, or the, the blueprint for other parables and help, to help us understand. And so uh, he says this in Mark 4, 13, do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all parables? So he wanted us to understand this parable because it will help us understand all parables. So if we can grasp the concept of this, or, or the spiritual aspect of this parable, it's going to help us when we read the other parables that Jesus taught. And like I said, this is a kingdom parable. So it tells us how the kingdom of God uh, grows and the kingdom of heaven grows. And I want to focus on the seed this morning because it's definitely the most important part of the parable. And as a matter of fact, it's the most important part of all parables. Uh, And mainly because the seed is what? The Word of God. So Jesus said plainly that the seed is the Word of God. And that's what's so wonderful about Jesus giving us the meaning of the parable. We don't have to interpret it. We don't have to dig uh for the truth and uh find out what the spiritual meaning is because he told us what it is hallelujah but peter tells us in 1 Peter 123 that we were born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever so that tells us what the seed is it's incorruptible it's alive and it abides forever. Mm-hmm. It was there in the beginning, whenever that was, and it was it's here now, and it will be here for all eternity. Mm-hmm. It abides forever. Yeah. So the seed is not only the word of God, it is the living word of God. And I like the way Hebrews 4.12 says it in the Amplified Classified Edition, it says, for the word that God speaks, the seed, is wide and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Yes. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, and a two-edged sword cuts going in and it cuts coming out. Yes. So it cuts both ways, yes. and that's what we have to remember: yes. the sword that you're wielding cuts both ways. Yes penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, which is the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion, and the, and the flesh, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. This is valuable. This is valuable to know because you have to understand that the soul and the spirit needs to separated you can't get them entangled with one another because the soul consists of the flesh, the mind, the will and the emotion and it is all messed up the spirit is the born again spirit if you're, if you're born again you have a brand new spirit your spirit is perfect it's the soul that's messed up And sometimes it has to be divided. And the only way that it can be divided is by the word of God. That's the sword that separates and divides. The seed is incorruptible. It is alive and full of power, making it active, active, energizing, and effective. Cannot be corrupted. In other words, it's not subject to death or decay. It is perfect in nature, and it cannot be fail. Say that with me, it cannot fail. The word, the seed,
1: cannot
0: fail. The seed or the word of God will always produce. The seed is always good. It's always the same. It never changes. You have to understand that. The word of God never changes. The seed never changes. However, where it lands, is another
1: thing.
0: Whether you're successful or not has nothing to do with the seed, but everything to do with the ground or the soil that it lands on. The seed always determines the kind of fruit that it will produce. But where it lands will always determine the size and the quality of the crop. Yes. That's why some with 30 some from 60, some 100 fold. Yeah. So let me try to give you practical application. You go to church, you hear the word, you read the word, but nothing seems to happen. Your life seems to, to stay the same. No change. It seems like everything stays the same. You come in here one way and you leave. The same way. No. You're not producing fruit in your life. No. And most people say the word isn't working. I can't even tell us that. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I tried this kind of stuff and it just don't work. I quoted healing scriptures and it just doesn't work. So God's a liar. The seed is no good. Yeah. See, uh, most people will say that, and then, uh, but we already know the problem is not the seed, because the seed is perfect, it's incorruptible, it can't be corrupted, there's no death to decay in the seed, and it always has the ability to produce. And it's always because of where the seed lands that the problem lies. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And so, if God's seed isn't working, we need to check the ground that it's been landing on. Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. So you might be coming to church, you might even be listening, but if the word is not producing in your life. This seed is not producing in your life. I, uh, I told God you should do too much for you. I, I just put that. In in on.
1: But if the
0: seed is not producing, then your you're just not hearing. Right. If Woo, not you're listening, listening. You're not hearing. Amen. Right. Husbands are like this with their, their wives. I know, man, don't get mad at me, I'm just telling the truth. I know. I mean, listening and not hearing, I mean. Yes. You Everything seems to be going smooth, life is good, you manage to stay out of trouble for about a week or two, and you're happy, you keep your wife happy, then all of a sudden she says, we need to talk. <laughs> I don't know about you, but them words terrified me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and reason you those
0: talks let turn out good for me. My mind takes off in all kinds of different directions, and I start sweating profusely. and I start thinking, what did I say? What did I do? Uh-huh. Wait a minute. What did I say? What did I do? and you're all over the place trying to figure out what is it that we need to talk about. And sometimes it might just be about what we're gonna get the kids for Christmas, but that don't stop the crumbling and the sweat. (laughs) Another one that scares me is when my wife says, are you even listening to me? (laughs) Then I'm trying to remember what she said. (laughs) Here's what amazes me. Sometimes I can even repeat what she said. But I didn't really hear her right. because I'm not sure why she said it. No. <laughs> she even half an airman here. here. Right. So you know you can listen and not hear. Mm-hmm. Jesus used to draw a large crowds, multitude. He knew people were listening but not hearing. That's why he said what he did. Your wife knows when you're listening and not hearing. So there must be a difference between listening and hearing. So the next time your wife starts talking to you, put the remote down, put the phone down, put the magazine down, whatever this is occupying you and start listening. Not only that, but you better start hearing because there will be a (laughs) quiz. It may not be right away, but sooner or later, (laughs) He's going to say those six little terrifying words. Were you even listening to me? And don't say yes, dear, if you weren't listening, because, like I said, there's going to be a quiz that's going to ask questions, and you better have the right an answer. Come on, I'm talking 50 some years of experience here. But anyway. <laughs> Move right along. If you analyze, not interpret but we don't have to interpret this parable, right? Jesus told us what it meant but analyze the parable of the sower, you'll notice some interesting facts although they're interesting, they're also aligned. First of all Jesus sowed seed to the people with four different heart conditions that was the ground, that was the soil that determined what the seed was able to do But here's the alarming part. They all receive the same seed. A good seed. Nothing wrong with the seed. It's alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energized, and effective, and it cannot be corrupted. They all receive that good seed. So the seed is definitely able to produce in every one of them. Yet, 75% of the people that heard the word didn't produce any kind of fruit at all, milk, none, namely, zero. None. And as I'm preaching a living, active, operative, energized, and effective word to you this morning, I already know that 75% of everyone that hears this word, whether it be in this room or on Facebook live, that's listening, is not hearing. In other words, even though I know the seed is good and well able to produce fruit, I also know it won't be able to produce any kind of fruit in three quarters of you. Not good eyes, is it? I'm gonna keep preaching anyway, because so there's 25 of you out there. Every hundred that's gonna hear something this morning, and and even though you're hearing something, not all of you are gonna hear everything. You're listening and just like with me and my wife, you might even be able to repeat parts of it and sound halfway intelligent, but it's not going to be fruitful. Why? Because you're going to ask questions. No. It's not because of the seed. We know the seed is good. Amen. It's because there's a problem with where the seed landed or a problem with the soil. Let's look at it from another standpoint. 25% of the people, praise the Lord, the ones that Jesus described as having good ground, good soil, heard the word and were able to produce fruit from the word they heard. Hallelujah. But of the 25% that produced fruit, only about 8% can produce a full crop. Eight out of every hundred people that received the seed produced whole crop. Jesus described that as a hundred You got a hundred percent return on the seed. Another eight percent produced sixty and the rest produced thirty percent of what the seed is capable of producing. Thank God for the ones that produced any kind of food at all. But as you can see there were soils of different qualities because the seed is the same for everybody. The different grounds of the soils that Jesus was talking about uh, may have been cultivated differently, may have been felled up and turned differently, may have been fertilized or not fertilized. The seed may have been watered or not watered or watered too much or not watered enough. There's all kinds of variables, but there was something that was wrong with the soil. There was a problem in the soil. So if I'm preaching to a hundred people this morning, although you're all capable of producing fruit, Jesus said that the word is not going to be able to change 75 of you. That's what it means to produce fruit. It means that something changed in your life. You might even comment on what a good word you just listened to, and it may have even brought you a little joy and encouragement as you listen to it. But somewhere between the front door and the car door, you're going to forget what was said, not do it. And James said, that's a forgetful spirit and not a doer of the word. Mm-hmm. You didn't keep the word. Yes. You didn't keep the seed. Yes. Somewhere between here and the door, you trampled the seed that was sown. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and, and then you leave her unchanged. And the reason is because you're not going to do the word that you just heard. Oh. You you even got excited about it. You got a little joy. You got a little encouragement from it. You were feeling good for a minute, too. But then you forgot. Thank God, 25 of you are going to produce some kind of fruit that's going to change at least some things in your life. Again, varying different degrees. Some 30, some 60, some 100. And the reason is because you're going to do. Something with the word that you heard. Pastor says we need to act like this. We need to stop doing that. But Pastor say, Pastor said the word
1: said.
0: To do this or that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna obey the word. And I'm gonna do it. You will be free. Sure.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: The seed is good. anybody doubt out the seed is good, it's always good. Yeah. It's capable of producing a hundred percent. But Jesus said to you, the twelve disciples that were with him, and the disciples that are in this room this morning and on Facebook Live, you I will reveal the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because after he told that parable, the disciples came to and said, We don't understand this parable explain it to us. They show some interest in what Jesus had to say. And because of that, Jesus was happy to interpret the parable and tell them exactly what it meant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 13 and 10 says and the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you, his disciples, you and I, it is given unto you to know the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. See, that don't compute for the world. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he has. Okay. Now, most people would think that that isn't fair. But it makes sense to me. After all, if you're not going to do anything with what the Lord gives you, why should he give you more? Amen. Right. It's just going to go to waste. Yes. I'm not giving you any because you didn't do anything with the last seed I gave you. Yeah. Why should I waste the sea? Why should I cast my pearls before swine? And it's not an insult. He's not calling you pig. He's just saying, like a swine, you have no idea of the value of the word that I just gave you.
1: Right.
0: And as a result, you trample it underfoot. And he said, and turn it even and render me. In other words, you not only trampled it underfoot, but you turned it around and used it against me. Why should I use you for it? God is smart. Yes. He's smarter than me.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Verse 13 Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. So Jesus was quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. You can look at it later, but I just quoted it to you from Jesus. But some people think that's not fair either. Why wouldn't Jesus want them to understand his parables? And again, people might think Jesus isn't being fair. I mean, why wouldn't he want them to understand? Why wouldn't he want them to know the mysteries of the secrets of the kingdom, just like he explained them to us? Well, first of all, we asked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The disciples showed an interest in what he said, and they asked. So he gave them, even though they had, he gave them more. Right. The ones that had no interest, he did not give them, so that even what they had flew away, and they had less than they did before.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and uh, he wants them to understand he wants them to be blessed, but watch this in verse 15. For this people's heart, them. This people's heart is west, gross, which means it's fat, dull, rude, coarse, vulgar, full of wrongdoing. In other words, the soil is
1: contaminated.
0: And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should feel them. It's not that they couldn't help the condition of their hearts. They could. They lit their hearts wax broke. They closed their own eyes and ears and hearts. So why should Jesus tell them anything? They're closed. And, and th- so they didn't hear or understand because they didn't want to, Jesus said, "And I should heal them. He wants to heal them. He wants to heal you, yeah. but he couldn't because you were closed down, nobody home, not even a light on." And, and you know this is this is something we should understand in life itself. This principle of the kingdom works in life itself. If you start out. Correcting a child at uh, number ten intensity, you're going to shut their spirit. They're going to bow up to you. You're not going to get anything through them. But if you start down here, intensity number one, sit down, son. I'm going to talk to you about something. And they sit down, and you begin to talk to them by encouraging them and lifting them up and uh, enhancing then by saying, you know what, there's a lot of things you do right, now. I love the way you make your bed and bounce a of quarter off that stuff. And, and you make sure that there's no toys on the floor. And I really pound you for that. The spirit is opening it
1: up.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, are you even listening to me for that? shuts you down. However, there's one little thing I'd like you to work on. He's open. He'll listen to what you have to say and he'll hear it. Why? Because you'll coach them right. And that's what Jesus did. Yes. He said in a nice calm voice, a sword went forth to soul. And as he was born, so he's he's he should be uh uh coming up against open spirits, open hearts that are ready to receive and do what he has to say. And yet he finds 75% of them. Have already shut their hearts, shut their spirit to the see you came to get in, let alone broke. So it was their fault, they didn't want to hear him. And just like a lot of us, we come to church the same way broken and hurt and sick and with a foot in our hips and crippled and bruised. And Jesus wants to hear us, but we leave here the same way that we came in. Why? Because we receive to hear with our ears, see with our eyes, and perceive and we see with our hearts. Oh, we listen. We can even repeat what was said by Jesus Christ. Answer by Jesus Christ. I'm healed. And in between this door and the car door, you lost it. This ain't something that you just hear one time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing. By the word of God, the seed yes. of God. Yes. Pastor, how do you know what I see here and perceive? I know because I see no change in your life.
1: Right. I
0: know because the seed is good, yet it hasn't produced a crop in your life. I know because Jesus said it would be this way with most of you, with most people, with 75% of you. Your eyes, ears, and hearts are closed and the seed can't get in to take a look. But you're in charge of all these things. You're in charge of your eyes, your ears, and your heart. You can change that. It may take some cultivating. It may take some plowing. It may take some fertilizing. It may take some watering. But you can change the condition
1: of the ground. Yes, amen.
0: Not producing, there's a problem with what the ground. So we need to examine the soil. Here's what Brother James tells us, and this is why we keep having crop He says in James one twenty one, amplified again. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. Sounds like a bunch of weeds and cones.
1: Yeah.
0: And in a humble, gentle, modest. Spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and worded in your heart, contains the power to save your soul. It contains the power. Yes. Till the ground. Fix the soil. fertilize, it. Get the weeds and rocks out. Get the contaminants out. Get the wickedness and the pride out. Yes. And, and I know pride kills the seed. Pride will keep the seed from producing. James 7 and King James, as a matter of fact, receive with meekness being yes. Yes. wrapped the word which is able to save your soul. Yes. Receive with meekness, humility
1: being yes. wrapped
0: with implanted word that is able to save your soul.
1: Yes.
0: If you can't receive it with humility, it's not going to work for you. Yes. And Jesus is going to stop giving it to you. You ain't listening. You ain't hearing. He's wasting his time, telling you. I know it sounds cold, but it's true. Yeah. Jesus said, after that, after you prepared the soil, then in a humble, meek, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome. Receive. Welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your heart contains the power to save your soul. Just because you're born again doesn't mean your soul is saved. But the power is in your born-again spirit to save every aspect of your soul. Save your flesh, your mind, well, heal your flesh anyway. Uh, uh, save your mind, save your will, save your emotions. Your ability is in you the day you confess Jesus is Lord and you were born again. The seed was implanted in your spirit. Your spirit is brand new. Not renewed, not rejuvenated, not rebuilt. It's replaced with a brand new spirit. He said, I'll take out that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. So the power is in there. Your soul isn't saved yet, it's being saved. The next time you tell somebody you're saved, think about it, amen. When you were born again, Peter said, you were born again of not of corruptible, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That seed is in your spirit. And so when you were born again, the seed, God's word went into your spirit. Your heart and your spirit was converted or born again but the body stayed the same, the mind stayed the same, the will stayed the same, and the emotions stayed the same. Yes. All messed up. Right. Adam did that for us. We come into this world with a dead spirit, spiritually dead. We enter this world spiritually dead. Now, I'm not saying that if the child dies before the age of accountability and he won't go to heaven. They will. Yes. Jesus says, something to the little children, for them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So if they're uh,
1: that side
0: of accountability and haven't, uh, don't understand or have the opportunity to accept the Lord, they're innocent when God yeah. dies. Yeah. But you know they're they born uh, into a world in a spiritually dead condition. They have the ability to change that later. How through the seed? The power of the seed. The seed is powerful. It can change you. They can turn you inside out. The seed is powerful. But your mind, will, and emotions he left for you to deal with. But you use the transformed spirit, the new spirit with the seed power in it, to transform your flesh. You did it heal, to transform your mind, and you did it thinking right transform your will, start willing to do the right things and not the wrong things, and it will even uh, transform your messed up emotions. It right. yeah. will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If God says, be angry, but sin not, then it's possible to do that. Yes, You can't do it now because you haven't allowed the seed that's in your spirit to transform your emotions. Amen. And your emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, fear. You're living in fear because you haven't allowed the seed that's in your spirit to transform your emotion of fear. Yeah. Yeah. The power is in there. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see here. But take what's in your born in spirit, the soil of your heart, because that's what your spirit is. It's your heart. It's your inner man. And transform your flesh, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can do it with the born-again spirit. That's the spirit's job: is to transform and save the rest of you. Your spirit is not messed up. Your soul is. Your yeah. your your spirit isn't sick. Your body is. Your spirit knows right from wrong. Your mind doesn't. Your spirit isn't messed up. Your emotions are. Check the ground. Check the soil. Mm-hmm. Check your heart. Mm-hmm. You can change that. Yes. You can get the pride out. That's up to you. Yes. This is your mind. Yes. Come
1: this on. is your will. Come on. These are your emotions. Yes. God puts
0: you in charge of it.
1: Uh-huh. He
0: wouldn't put you in charge of something that you couldn't control. Right. Yes. That would make you a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. He not only puts you in charge but uh, uh, and put you in control. But he gave you the ability to control all yeah, these things right. that he wants you to control. Yes, you can change your heart. That's the first thing that needs to be changed is your heart. You have to prepare the soil to receive the word. Yes, if your heart can't receive the word, it will never produce any fruit. Right. And if your heart does receive the word, and but there's weeds and rocks and different contaminants in it that you haven't dealt with yet. Then it's going to hinder the production of the word and you might only produce 30 60 or you might just produce 10. thank god for a little change but god wants you transformed completely and you can do that start with the heart Amen. amen
1: amen
0: you know uh i think it was sunday i spent some time on healing i spent some time on You know, what Isaiah said about healing by by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And then uh, Matthew described Jesus coming to the earth and actually performing all the healing, healed all that came to him. He did heal. And then Peter looking back at the cross, Isaiah was looking towards the cross, Jesus hung on the cross, and Peter was looking back at the cross, and he said by his stripes, you were healed. You know what that was? There was a seed. Yes. There was a word. Yes. I was trying to sow a seed of healing in the
1: hearts. Yes.
0: That's all I could do. All I could do is sow the seed. All I could do is preach the word. Try to explain it to the best of my ability. That's why I love when Jesus explains something. It takes the heat off of me. But I try to do that with the best of my ability. But now it's up to you where that word landed. Where did that seed yes, land? Amen. Because if your heart is right, your mind is reformed, reformed, and your will is right,
1: that
0: seed can find fertile ground and it will produce the, the, what it was sent out to do and that was to heal. That's a healing word, it produces healing. If you plant that word, it will produce healing. It won't produce anything else. Because every seed is after its own time. Yes. Receive a healing word and be healed.
1: Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. You
0: know, when Pastor and I get sick, and it happens not once in a while, he said, I am the Lord that healeth me. Yes. If we were never going to get sick, he wouldn't have to be the Lord that healeth us. So he knew that we would get sick in life, walking in this world. But He's already provided healing for us. He's the Lord that heals us. Jesus took stripes on His back to heal us. We are healed. Not, we're going to be healed someday. We're going to be healed in the sweet by and by when we get to heaven. Or we'll be healed when Jesus comes. No. He provided that for our journey on this earth right now. He wants us
1: healed.
0: And when I cast a a seed of healing, if it hits a fertile heart, it's going to grow, it's going to produce yes. what it was, was yes. designed to produce, and that's healing. Yes. Uh, so when me and Pastor Rick get sick, well, the first thing we do is we repent. Because yes. if something's wrong here, it's, there's nothing wrong with him, there's nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is with the ground. Yes. The problem is with the soil. Yes. And so after we repent, we sow healing words, we yes. quote the scriptures. We quote Isaiah, we quote Jesus, we quote God himself. Uh, when he said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee," we yes. pray over our food. He said, he bless our food and water, take sickness from our midst. Yes. And we sow healing seeds in our heart. Yes. And we meditate on them. And then all of a sudden, praise God we start feeling better. Yes. Why? Because the seed works. Yes. It
1: doesn't work. God's
0: word always works. Yes. If it doesn't, it's because of the ground that it landed on.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Yes. Now, you know, uh, I can't repent for you. I'm a seed sower. That's all I can do is sow seeds. If I preach a salvation message, you know what I'm doing? I'm sowing seeds of salvation. So what do I expect to happen? I expect people to get saved. It's not my job to save you. It's the Holy Ghost's job to convict you. And get you to say the, what we call the sinner's prayer, but it's actually get you to accept Jesus into your heart. Yes. But if your heart is full of pride and it's hardening and you got all kinds of family problems and all kinds of issues, the word can't get in. So it doesn't produce salvation in everybody. Just the ones that were open to it, that had good soil, that were ready to receive it. I mean, the word was good, the seed was good, the conviction was there. The Holy Ghost was doing his job, but you didn't get saved. Why? You didn't want to. Your heart was messed up. The Word couldn't find good soil. So it's up to you. You have to change your heart. Everybody's responsible for their own heart. God will change it if you ask him to. He'll take out a heart of stone and put it in a heart of flesh. But you have to ask him to. And he will. You have to ask him to. Amen. Hallelujah. Sit tight. Father, we thank you and praise you. you. Thank you for the word. power of the seed. Thank you for the seed itself that's mm. in the song this morning. God, I can only pray that it's found fellow ground. I can only pray that it's found some good soil out there somewhere. I can only pray that it got implanted, like Ben said, uh, in grass that implanted in their hearts so that it can begin to put root and produce fruit. In this case, Lord, we're all looking for fruitfulness in growing the kingdom of God. But like with the healing word, we're looking for fruitfulness of Actually changing something in someone's body. Actually driving out sickness and disease. And replacing it with health and healing. Lord, if somebody has a financial need, I pray that they sow a financial seed somewhere. They don't even have to be in this church. But I pray that they see the value of the seed and realize that the money they sow is actually seed. And like Mike always said, if you got a, a sore fall in the finances, give your way out of it. Lord, I don't care if somebody's in need of love and they're sitting in a corner humping down and feeling sorry for themselves. Raise them up. Cause them to sow a seed of love in somebody else's life. Sow a seed of compassion in somebody else's life. So that they will begin to grow a harvest. And when they really need to really come back to them, 30, 60, and 100 plus. Thank you for each and every one that's with us this morning that heard this word. And I pray that they not just listen, but they heard it. And they open their hearts. God, we repent of everything in our heart that's just pleasing to you. Everything in our heart that would stop the seed from germinating and producing. Pride. Unforgiveness. Anger hatefulness, malice, sins of any kind, Lord, we ask you to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You said that if we would confess our sins, you forgive us and cleanse us, so that means we can leave here today with a brand new heart, uh, 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 rejuvenated soil, we can leave here this morning with good ground, ready to receive the seed of the, the word of God and produce change in our life. We thank you and we praise you for and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And God, we ask you to touch everyone that's sick this morning, whether it's COVID, whether it's a common cold, whether it's a flu, whether it's a heart disease, high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, uh, a muscle strain, a cold tendon, a broken bone, I don't care what it is, Lord. We say your word to heal them. And the Bible says you sent your word and healed them all. All we're doing is what you did, Lord. All we're saying is what you said. This isn't my idea. This is your idea. But so we sent forth your word this morning, and we know there's no distance in the Spirit. You said that you sent your word, and it would not return unto you void or without accomplishing that which you sent it to do. So we expect results from sending your word this morning. We thank you for the band
1: We give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. God bless the faithful family.
0: This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember Jesus is Lord.